How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined by Ben Gorwitz on Thursday, September 15th, 2022. Ben, it's late in the week. We're recording a podcast. How are you feeling, man? I feel pretty good. Uh, ready to bounce back from last week. Um, not my not my best week in, in uh, college football, but that happens. So ready to bounce back. Yeah, you want to give them a quick recap of our records from last week? I believe uh, we were both uh, two and three, right? I went one and three in college and two and one in the NFL. Okay. And uh, you went two and uh, – you went – Two, or I'm saying one and two in the NFL and one and one in college. So, nice bounce back week would be nice. Hey, Ben, we, you know, first week, week zero didn't go as planned for me. Bounced back week one. Let's do the exact same thing once again, Ben. You know, we're more than capable of doing it. Before we get into the picks, guys, we got to have our general observations here, real quick. Ben, why don't you start them off with your first observation from last week? Uh, the obvious one is, is Scott Frost. Um, embarrassed himself, embarrassed his alma mater. Uh, they could have waited 19 more days to fire him to save seven and a half million on the buyout. They don't care to do that. I think that's the way college football is kind of heading. I think if they want you out, they want you out. Uh, we've seen a trend in that for kind of a while now, but this was only 19 more days, so they don't care about him. Um, my school, Bama. They got a little bit of an issue on their hand, and I think everyone thinks it's the receivers. I think it's the offensive line. They can't run the football uh, in two games this season. It was also something they struggled with last year. They got to get tougher up front. Uh, but thank God they have Bryce Young. He is it, – it's like my brother looked at me when Texas kicked the field goal to go up, and he goes, you know they're scoring. And I was like, they probably are. Um yeah, just just to give everybody a brief little uh, backup on that. Um, ben was at a bar mitzvah and told me not to blow up his phone. I waited, you know, till probably like mid third quarter, and I was like, you know, I got to text Ben right here and just make sure he's okay. Because I mean, look, I I took the minus twenty one, and I was like, it's a wrap. I'm not gonna lie, Ben. I just want to make this general observation. I agree with you on both those observations, but also too, man, Quinn, you Quinn yours, you know, like he. He might be the real deal. I was kind of pissed he went out of so that I game. I'm sure you weren't, but. So I didn't get to see him. Uh, I didn't get to the band again until two minutes left until halftime. So I went back on YouTube and, and watched some of the game. And he was he was mightily impressive, for sure. I mean, he looks like he belongs at the quarterback position at a high-profile school and then eventually get looked at in the NFL. So um, the Sun Belt was my third observation. They went 3-0 and against major programs. They beat Notre Dame. Marshall beat Notre Dame because Marshall's now in the Sun Belt. Uh, Georgia Southern beat Nebraska and absolutely beat a and So the Sun Belt, Fun Belt was lovely in college football. I love seeing Notre Dame lose. I love seeing A&M lose. Nebraska, I don't care for. Hey, honorable um, mention, Georgia State had North Carolina on the ropes late. They did cover the plus did. seven and a half, as I said. But, hey, they were they tied the game up, actually, at one point in time. So they were live. A&M, yikes. Uh, but you were, like you and I both warned everyone about App State, like not just from the North Carolina game. Mm-hmm. App State's got a very good offense. And they're a well-coached school. Iowa. Wait, I want to say this real quick before we get to Iowa on AM. Look, 
I'm going to give them one more week before that I absolutely come on here and bash Jimbo and stuff, guys. But I do think Jimbo's offense might be too complex for college kids to run. I mean, realistically, when you think about it at Florida State, Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, both were highly recruited quarterbacks and guys that, I mean, went to the NFL and played and stuff. But, like, even still, though, those guys never put it together like they should have at Florida State. I think the offense might be too complex. Let's give them one more week. He holds, like, 15 pieces of paper to call plays. Yeah, he's got to give up insane. the he's got to give up the offensive play calling to somebody else. You know, you might need to There's steal no, Mark Whipple no from Nebraska. No way will he. I feel like I agree. Um, Iowa. I was at a point to where it's ridiculous, it's laughable, it's embarrassing, um, and it's the same thing with Wisconsin. Except I'll give Wisconsin a little bit of credit. They went out and recruited a high talented kid, and, and Graham Mertz was the highest quarterback recruit Wisconsin's ever had, and it just hasn't worked out. So that tells me. They might have a developmental problem in coaching. Iowa just refuses to do anything at quarterback, and they just stay the same program every year. They're good with winning eight to ten games, competing for a Big Ten um, championship, and they're satisfied with just not winning the Big Ten but going to the game. Like, just get an average quarterback, and Iowa is probably a top 15 team every single year because their defenses are unbelievable at Iowa. So they got. I, I'd like to see them change. I feel like they never will. Uh, Kurt Ferentz has been there forever. It's been the same thing forever and ever and ever. Yeah, his son's the offensive coordinator. I mean, ugh. Uh, well, Peters is horrible. But Peters is horrible. There's no talent there. Yeah, exactly. If anything, just keep the D coordinator and get Fer- and get the whole Ferentz family out of there. Yeah, my next one. Uh, I think you're gonna agree on this. Both of us said that. Oh, both of us said on week zero that Florida was not going. Two and zero. Oh, I think you and I just had it flipped. Mm-hmm. Um, so once they beat Utah, I think you and I didn't think they were going to beat Kentucky. That's back to back wins in the swamp for Kentucky. That's very very impressive for them. And everyone who jumped on the Anthony Richard hype train, congratulations! You made one stop, and he's no longer because he has really not played that well this season. Now, I know it's been two games, but he looked terrible against Kentucky. Yeah, he made um, my. Uh, Will- what we about to say? I said good for Will Levis because I told you uh, on the week prior, this is his NFL big scouting game. Can you go into the swamp and play well? And I think he made some really nice throws, but I don't think he played great. But he did make some nice throws downfield. Now, that is very true, Ben. I was about to say they offense didn't look – but, I mean, hey, he won the game. And, I mean, that's a tough place to play. So, you know, I'm not going to take away from the fact they won that game. By the way, Mike Williams just made an unreal one-handed catch. The guy's a freak for a touchdown. Anyway, um, stay on. I got four – I got four more, and they're in the NFL. A hypo- this is a hypothetical for you. Who gets who gets fired first? Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys, who decided to punt when he was down two possessions with like six minutes or seven minutes left, or Cliff Kingsbury, who doesn't last the entire season. Mike McCarthy, because Dallas both. is off. <laughs> well, because I think both of them will be fired. I'm going McCarthy because that I think McCarthy has the hotter seat. One, because it's Dallas, and two. Ah, you know, I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. McCarthy, because it's Dallas. I, I think it could be both. Um, the Packers, I think everyone's going to overreact, especially if they don't look great against the Bears again. Just remember last year they got blown out week one. I know that it's a different team this year, but still. Um, Denver's coach, we don't have to go that much in depth about this. The whole media train has just – they've run Denver over, but their coach is a moron. Um, you don't pay Russ all that money to try to make a 60 yarder when your kicker is like 0 for 7 in his career on 60 plus yards. So 
if you want to add anything of Nathaniel Hackett, put him on the Anthony Lynn uh, coaching train, Brandon Staley coaching train already because he he just looks terrible. I mean, that was a terrible decision. Uh, I also think, just real quick, everyone's saying the coach this, coach that, didn't call a timeout. Put some blame on Russell Wilson. He's a quarterback that's been in the league for a decade or however long he's been there. He should know to call a timeout in this situation. Yeah. Um, then the last one, the Cowboys. They're just the NFL's version of Notre Dame, aren't they? Like they both <laughs> claim to be America's team or America's darling, whatever you want to call it, because they were good forever ago. Dallas, I feel like, has hardly been relevant. They have not won many playoff games in, in past years. And Notre Dame, like, okay, yeah, they make the Final Four, which is tremendous, but they don't really play competitive games when they play the top competition. They kind of competed against Ohio State this year, but they both stink. And the national media just loves talking about them 24-7, and I don't think we should. I think the NFL does just fine rating-wise when we don't talk about the Cowboys because they stink and I'm tired of talking about them. Yeah, Ben, you just spent too long talking about them. The only <laughs> – the my one observation that I want to add is – Justin Jefferson might actually win offensive player of the year because Kevin O'Connell is just going to do the exact same thing that he did for Cooper Cup for Jefferson. So that's really the only observation that I want to add based off the. Oh, and the other one I want to add is as a Falcons fan. Probably played fine. But the the fourth quarter, quarter, man, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how we're ever going to change this in the fourth quarter. I really don't. It's not surprising. And then Arthur Smith is like, going at the media, like, you guys can write us off already, and then one of the Falcons beat writers tweeted, why don't you stop collapsing in games and you'll get more support? It's like, that a boy. That's a tough reporter. I like that. Yeah, I like that too, honestly. Be they don't deserve respect. They don't deserve respect from anyone, the Falcons, unless you have them just covering, and they're just making money for you. Yeah, unfortunately, I said they were going to cover, and I didn't take it like an idiot. Anyway, Ben, any other observations we need to get out before we uh, get into these picks? No, let's go on to the picks. Let's do it, Ben. You, you know what? I'm I'm going to be the gentleman here, Ben. Give us your first pick for uh, this week of uh, for college football week three. It's actually a Friday night game, and I really like this pick. It's Florida State and Louisville under 57 and a half. The numbers actually dropped a little bit. I believe it's 56 and a half or 50 or 56 now. Okay, I got 57 and a half. Uh, Florida State's last. I'm trying to think of the stat now. I don't have it. I think their last like. Three or four regular season games, the unders have all come into play. The defense has honestly been getting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks this year, just like they did last year. And Louisville has, like, no receivers that can help Malik Cunningham. He actually has not thrown – well, I guess they've only played two games, but he hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in, in the season yet. So as long as they can just escape a long run from him, I trust Florida State's defense and I trust Louisville's defense under 57 and a half. Yeah, uh, just real quick, too, since I'm the Florida State guy, I fully endorse this pick. Another factor that makes me like this pick a lot is the fact that both these teams get to practice against running quarterbacks all the time, so they should have a pretty good game plan on how to keep a running quarterback in the pocket so there shouldn't be any crazy plays by these running QBs. Also, too, um, I've heard I've heard a lot of respected people saying that Florida State might have the best D-line in the whole ACC, so, look, I'm not going to jump the gun or anything here, but let's see what they can do on Friday night. That is a game I'm very hyped to watch. Honestly, probably won't bet since I'll be extremely emotionally invested in that game. Um, anyway, guys, for me, first play of the day in college football. I'm going to go in order of these games. Start um, your, your, ugh, the University of Georgia takes on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Game is going to be in South Carolina. Um, I don't know, can't remember what they call their 
wherever they have the school at. Anyway, the total on this game is Columbia. 50. Yeah, Columbia. There we go. I think they call it Cola or something dumb like that. But anyway, um, total on this game is now at 55. I'm still going to endorse this play at 55. I'm, I did bet it at 52, but I'll take 55 because I'll, I'll ride with everybody. But look, guys, South Carolina – Arkansas had a track meet on them last week. They ran for 295 on the ground. Georgia State ran for 200 plus on them the week before. Georgia, so I've, I now have a Pro Football Focus subscription, guys. So I'm gonna start pulling my stats from there now on their analytics of how they break down all the teams. Georgia State actually ranks in the bottom 100 of college football, and there's only 133 teams. Well, South Carolina is ranked 127th out of 133 teams in all of college football, according to Pro Football Focus. That is absolutely god awful, guys. On top of that. Georgia's passing numbers are off the or Georgia's uh, offense ranks in the top 20 and their passing numbers are absolutely off the charts. On top of that, guys, this is Muschamp's old team and Georgia's going to be able to run the ball on them. And so at the end of the day, guys, I think Georgia's going to get a ton of points quick and easy on them. Spencer Rattler's already thrown three interceptions. What's keeping him back from throwing more in this game? I think South Carolina turns the ball over a lot. I think this thing gets ugly and crooked. I wouldn't be surprised to see the dogs at 40 at halftime. The thing is, guys, no one has scored an offensive touchdown yet on on South or in Georgia. South Carolina is going to want to be the team to do that. I expect them to keep pushing to try not to get embarrassed. I project the final score of this game is going to be Georgia winning this game 56 to 14. Even if I'm trying to be conservative, I would still say 45 17 and we still go over. What's the what are the chances must change being paid by South Carolina still? That's a good question. But yeah, I, I love that angle too, honestly. That's an angle I was I was thinking about it more. I was like, you know, the angle that nobody's even talking about is the fact this is must champ against his old team. Butch Jones, when he was an analyst at Alabama, played Tennessee and Tennessee was paying him. That's actually hilarious. <laughs> I bet I bet they probably still are paying it. Um, Ben, what's your uh, se- second bet here on your card? I'm going. Uh, I got a couple high spreads this week, but I like them a lot. Um, I'm going Baylor minus. It was minus thirty, I believe. It's Baylor minus twenty nine now. Um, they're playing Texas State. Texas State's like one in six. Um, and they lost seven matchups against Power Five teams. They can't keep up with teams in Baylor. Baylor lost last week, didn't they? Or was it they lost to Texas? Yeah, they lost Tech? to BYU no, last week on missed to BYU last yeah, week. Yeah, all those missed field goals uh, and retarded over that game was insane overtime. Yeah, so I think they get back on track this week. I'm, I'm basically just fading Texas State because they can't keep up when they play power five teams. I think Baylor is a pretty good football team, so I think they get back on track. Uh it's minus twenty nine now. Yeah, I like that pick too. Honestly, Texas State lost to a horrible team that played in week zero. I can't remember who it is, but they had a terrible loss from week zero. Um, anyway, I'm going to stay. I'm going to go to the 330 slate now in college football. A game playing in my backyard in Atlanta, Georgia. The Ole Miss Rebels come to town to take on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Ole Miss is currently a 16 and a half point road favorite here, and I'm laying the lumber here with Ole Miss. PFF has <laughs> Ole Miss ranked the 13th overall team, and they have Georgia Tech ranked 95. That is a huge discrepancy in power rankings. On top of that, Ole Miss defense is ranked fifth overall. I know they haven't played anybody yet, guys, but think about it defense was they, like they they set the boundaries they like laid the uh the foundations for this defense last year that was damn good actually i think this defense will be good again this year olmus has a defense now guys on top of that they have a quarterback battle between jackson's dart and the other guy i can't remember his name i think both these guys are going to come out like here and throw luke, the ball. luke 
Singing. I think it's Luke Altmeyer. Yeah, that is Luke exactly Altmeyer. what it is. Yep, Luke Altmeyer. These guys are going to come out here and throw the ball around the yard. I expect them to put a crooked number up on Georgia Tech. I think they went – I mean, Georgia Tech's offense, guys, is not good. I mean, they, they, they definitely had a game on their hands last week against Western Carolina. I mean, they were fortunate to hang around that game against Clemson. It's a good thing Clemson can't do anything on offense. Also, too, Georgia Tech has not – has given up a ton of points. I checked when they have played offenses like this Ole Miss offense. They've given up – they've given up over 30 points every single time. Time. This offense is going to be able to air the ball out on them a lot. I like Ole Miss to, to score 50 in this game and Georgia Tech to maybe break 20. I think this is an absolute ass whooping. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go back to back here again to finish Go out my call. Do you have another – is your last bet in college or is there – or how many more college do you have? Um, two. Two college? Okay, okay. I'll go real quick then here on my last college and we'll let you do your last two. Um, I'm going with again to another good game. We have the Washington Huskies, who have the Michigan State Spartans, who are ranked 11th, on the road facing them right here. Washington is a three-point favorite. So the number 11 team in the nation is a three-point underdog to an unranked Washington squad. Head coach Kalen DeVore comes in here and brings over QB Michael Penix, like we already talked about. But look, I just think it is absurd here. The number 11 team is is a dog or ranked team, but then you dig a little bit more in this matchup and their top wide receiver for Michigan state, Jaden Reed probably won't play as he is seriously injured and Mel Tucker's not really trying to say anything. So that tells me that he's probably not playing in this game. On top of that, Michigan state has cluster injuries in the secondary and has other injuries to deal with as well on their defense. Um, this team is skill has been hidden by playing bad competition. Multiple Michigan state writers are even saying they think this team is highly overrated. Michael Penix jr. Has been balling out and this Washington team is a ton of talent. It just is that Jimmy Lake was an idiot and got run out of town for it. This defense is stacked up too there's a reason why that the why that the unranked team is favored over the ranked team here give me the points man i'm taking washington minus three yeah when it came out you and i texted about it i was like whoa look at this line uh last two college picks will go quick ohio state minus 32 they going back to when going back to when jim trussell was the coach at ohio state just going back fairly far they've absolutely obliterated in-state teams um they, I mean, it's they just kill them. They used to play like Youngstown State a lot, and they absolutely killed them. This week they play, uh, blanking. I'm blanking. I'm blanking. Give me a second. Ohio State plays Toledo. Uh, they're two and zero. Toledo's actually a pretty good program, but Ohio State, like I said, blows out uh, in-state teams. And Jackson Smith and Jigba is also expected to play this week, so they okay. get him back. I just think it's too much. I think Ohio State just absolutely rolls. And then my fourth pick is the one I hate the most, and I'm taking it because I hate it. I have to take it. It's Auburn plus three at home. I have okay. to take Auburn as a dog at home. It's a very tough place to play. I agree. It has nothing – I don't know if I believe in D.J. Finley. I don't think I care. I think Auburn's – I actually would look at the under in this game. I think Auburn's defense comes out to play in this game, and I think Auburn uh, with the ruckus crowd that – Something I need something to give with that crowd, and Auburn is a home dog against a team that I think that they really can beat and hang with. They almost beat Penn State at Penn State last year. Uh, different team a little bit. Bo Nix was playing and not TJ Finley, and both may suck, but Bo Nix is definitely better than TJ Finley. Um, but a home dog at Auburn, I'm taking that. 
Yeah, I feel like out of principle, you almost have to play this. I ended up not playing it because out of principle, I had to play another game I'm going to talk about before we hop off here in the last segment where we go through the games quickly. It's kind of just like a bonus bet, but it won't count towards my five picks. But um, yeah, I I totally endorse that pick, Ben. I think it's ugly, but it's one that's got to be played. Um, And no more college football for you, right, Ben? That's it. That's it. Okay, perfect. Let's go over here to NFL. Um, Ben, you want to start us off with your NFL pick? Yeah, I'm going Saints money line. It, it might be ugly. It, I think it always sounds ugly, but Tom Brady's 0-4 against the Saints since he's been on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their entire offense is literally listed as questionable this week. Obviously, I think some of them play, but I think some might be playing banged up. I think the Saints can really get to Brady with an offensive line that's still pretty new for the Bucs and still trying to come together. And uh, it's in New Orleans. So Saints money line at plus money, I will take that all day long on a quarterback that they have dominated. I like that pick. I think the money line's a better play than the spread, personally, is I think it's kind of being factored in there that they dominate the Bucks' offense. And, yeah, I mean, literally the Bucks' whole offense is questionable right now. Um, for me, for my first play here that I'm going to give away in the NFL, um, I'm on the Patriots minus two at Pittsburgh. Look, you might be saying, why the hell are the Patriots favored at the Steelers? The fav- Steelers won last week, and the Patriots looked terrible. I'm going to say not so fast. The Patriots were still top eight in the NFL on percentage of plays snapped the, or that played out with a clean pocket. Mac Jones also threw an interception in the end zone. That is why their, why their EPA estimated points added had them winning the game last week, which is actually insane. They're basically saying they should have won. He threw an interception in the end zone, and they had multiple other drops slash turnovers. It was also, um, it was also defensive holding. On his, on his interception. Yeah, exactly. It was complete BS. On top of that, TJ Watt is out for this game. He will not be playing, which makes me like that strong Patriots offensive line even more. And also, Bud Dupree is gone. I've never even heard of the two guys starting an outside linebacker this game for the Steelers. If they can block Cam Hayward, they should have no problems up front. The Steelers, guys, look, they had the luckiest win I've ever seen. Not only did they get five turnovers, but that wasn't even enough. They had to have the Bengals' long snapper go down and a missed extra point and a missed field goal in overtime to still barely win this game. Steelers probably had the most fraudulent win of the entire week one NFL slate on top of that teams that are off of a double digit loss week one are 66% against the spread in week two on top of that Bill Belichick is straight up 28 and 11 off a double digit loss give me the Patriots minus two max play I I have the same game and it's an ugly play but I'm just writing it. I'm taking the Patriots and Steelers under 40 and a half. I know it's not a lot of points. Both these offenses, I, I'm pretty sure, are abysmal. The Patriots can – they had some random plays last week where they couldn't even get lined up. And you wonder why? They have a defensive coordinator slash rocket scientist trying to run their offense and Matt Patricia. And when he's not trying to do it, they're trying to do Bill Belichick. I don't think the strategy can work out very well for the Patriots. I think Mac Jones is going to get a lot of hate from the season saying he's not good, he's not good. He's got a guy that never calls plays, called plays this year. I'm sure Bill Belichick's done it in the past, but this is not Bill Belichick's forte to do it for 17 weeks in a season. I think Patricia's an idiot when it comes to offense. I think he's a genius when it comes to defense. Um, and the Patriots do have a very good defense. Um, and the Steelers, I know they're missing T.J. Watt. It sounds a little weird not having the, one of the best pass rushers and taking an under, but the Steelers' defense can really cause turnovers. My boy Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, picking off Joe Burrow for pick six. I, I think 40 and a half. Listen, it's not a lot of points, but I don't hate this pick at all. And this game could be very ugly in terms of if you like points. Oh, this game's going to be absolutely ugly and hideous to watch. I might even throw up d- during this game while I'm watching it. Um, 
Well, I agree with everything you said, Ben. The only thing I do want to add is I feel like that Belichick, look, he is also the smartest coach probably in the history of football. He has to know something that he's doing here with Patricia being the offensive coordinator. I just feel like there's got to be some sort of method of the madness. But no, I think that my handicap also backed up your under as well. Um, last play for me in the NFL. This is another ugly one. I'm taking the Cardinals plus five and a half as my other max bet this week in the NFL. Look, this falls back under my dogs off a double-digit loss. This trend is back in play again. Um, two more trends to add on here. Dogs of plus six or less, or dogs that are off a loss is plus six or less. That is AKA them and are plus six or less this week. Um, they are currently 62, 34, and two. That's good for 65% against the spread this week. Also in that exact same spot, but they lost. Not only did they lose the game outright last week, but they lost ATS as well. That's a 56, 32, and two spot, giving it a 64% against the spread. Um, on top of that, Rondale Moore is back. I think he'll add an extra element of playmaker in this offense that they were missing last week. Just another guy, you know, you can feed the ball to and get him out in space and make something happen. On top of that, Look, the line last week was six and a half for them playing Kansas City. Now it's five and a half against the Chargers. I mean, against the Raiders. That line makes absolutely no sense to me. In my opinion, it's way too many points. Also, too, Cliff Kingsbury, like I said on our on our uh, win totals podcast or on our uh, season preview podcast, Cliff Kingsbury weeks one through five is one of the best coaches in all of football when he was in college and in NFL. I think Cliff Kingsbury gets back in his bag here and dials something up. Kyler and the boys get back on track. I think they win this game outright, but five and a half is too much value to not to take the points. I have a double play on this game. I have Cardinals plus five and a half um, I, or five, whatever your book has. And I also have over 51 and a half for every, I mean, everything you said. The only thing I'm concerned about, I'm not really concerned about it, but it's very mm -hmm. funny, is apparently a beta version of the new Call of Duty comes out. And the only time you can play it it's from Friday night to Sunday. Um, and then the game just goes away. Oh, We know Kyler Murray likes Call of Duty. So he better not be staying up all Friday and Saturday. Yeah, no, that is a great – damn, Ben. I, I kind of hate my bet a little a little bit now. That no, you I took that. over <laughs> over 51 and a half in the Cardinals uh, with the points is what I took. And then I have um, – yeah. I have one lean and one and my favorite bet of the week. My favorite bet of the week, you better get a trash can. It's going to make you puke. I'll save it to the end. I, I'm leaning Jaguars plus four. Um, the Colts are one of the worst teams in the NFL when they play in Jacksonville. Jacksonville wins straight up a lot of time. I haven't won there in um, eight years. Yeah, I feel like you just have to ride that trend until it stops. Jaguars plus four is my lean. My best bet of the weekend. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Jets plus six and a half against the Browns. Ooh. Here's my reason. So I like to look at strength versus weaknesses and trying to find betting matchups. The strength for the Cleveland Browns in my eyes, offensively, is running the football. They have two good running backs and a quarterback that they probably don't trust throughout a four-quarter game in Jacoby Brissett. So they want to run the football. The Jets' strength, the only strength that they have on this team, literally the only strength that they have, is – uh, stopping the run. Let me find the stat. They played Baltimore last week, and I know that J.K. Dobbins wasn't there, but Baltimore ran for 63 yards on this Jets defense. I think that's insanely impressive, even without Lamar Jackson running the football all that often. I think if you can shut down um, 
Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt, or at least manage them, and you get the game to be Joe Flacco versus Brissett, I really don't think there's that big of an advantage for the Browns. I really don't don't care about Buddy the Elf being on the field for them. Not Buddy the Elf, whatever they call him. Um, so I think plus six and a half for the Jets. It's gross, but plus six and a half because I think they can stop the run. I can't lie to you, Ben. I did actually heavily look into this bet as well. I mean, why the hell is Jacoby Brissett a six and a half point favorite in any NFL game? That is re- that is absolutely ridiculous. Because the Jets and Flacco are on the other side. I mean, if you had to pick me one of these guys to win a game for me or else I would get killed and shot in the head, I would take Joe Flacco over Jacoby Brissett to win me one game. One of the guys has won a Super Bowl. One of the guys graded out the worst starting quarterback in the league last year. So I'm taking – I actually going- have a couple – I do have a couple more leans. Well, actually, I want to say something real quick about the about the Jags lean. So on the Jags lean, look, I actually think a lot of things line up well to play the Jags here in the spot. The reason why I can't play the Jags in the spot is because they ruined Indianapolis's season last year, and I I have made a lot of money over my lifetime in betting on sports on revenge games. And this is a revenge game. If I've ever seen one, I do think though, that there's a lot of good reasons though, to bet on the Jags. Therefore I'm playing absolutely nothing in that game. A game, Ben, that I actually want to talk about real quick before we get in the leans here, the game that I do have a bet on not counting towards my five though, the Miami hurricanes at 9 p.m. are going to college stations to take on Texas A&M, the reeling Texas A&M Aggies. This is the biggest game of the entire weekend, in my opinion. Look, I took Miami plus five and a half. It's at plus six now. Um, it did get bet down from plus eight when it opened. The public is absolutely all over Miami. Look, guys, the total in this game is at 45. When you have a total in a game of 45, you have the better quarterback and the better coach. That's right. I'm saying Mario Cristobal is a better coach than, than uh, Jimbo Fisher is at this point. I got to take it, man. Mario Cristobal has a history of showing up in big games when he's the underdog. It's when he's the favorite that he doesn't play well. I think back to all the times he beat Utah and ruined their, their good seasons. I mean, last year when he beat Ohio State laying 14 or as a 14 and a half point dog outright at the horseshoe. Um, even go, you can even go farther back on that. Mario Cristobal has a great history of playing well as a, I mean, he's won multiple Rose Bowls for a reason as an underdog, you know? Um, all that being said, I think Cristobal is going to be able to come in here defensively and match up well on them. I think this is a field goal game. I just think five and a half points way too many. Also too, I think about it this way. What has Texas A&M done to be favored in this game besides being Texas A&M? Absolutely nothing. I mean, this Texas A&M offense has been God awful. I'm Jimbo Fisher's offense, in my opinion, is too complex. Like I was saying earlier, it really only worked with Jameis. He needs to give up those offensive play calling runs. I mean, Haynes King had multiple plays where I don't even know what the play call was, and he literally just ran into his offensive line like the butt fumble play, minus him butt fumbling the ball. He just hung on to it, or else it would have been the butt fumble all over again. I think Miami wins this game outright. And how crazy college football is, I think Texas A&M will end up winning, winning this game by a field goal, but I'm taking the points here with Miami. To back up your point about Haynes King, it could – or uh, sorry, to back up your point about Jimbo's offense being complicated, one of the main reasons why Haynes King might have won this job if they if, – if, like, no one pulled away from each other yeah. in the spring is because he knew the Jimbo offense from being there from last year mm-hmm. versus a guy who transferred in because he looks terrible, Haynes King. That's a, that's a nice way to say it. I mean, one of their touchdowns was off a of fumble. So, like, their offense literally put up one touchdown on a team that we saw Drake May of North Carolina oh. put up 60-plus on. Give me a break, then, man. 
Real quick, my two other leans for the NFL was the Eagles, but I'm not going to bet it just because the Kirk Cousins primetime stat, it's horrendous in primetime. i take the Eagles, honestly. That's a Jordan Jefferson bowl, by the way, because the Eagles really wanted – or the Eagles could have had him. And, or yeah. not Jordan, Justin, Justin. Jefferson, sorry. Um, and they took Jalen Rager instead. So that's a, And he's on the Vikings now, so that's a Jalen Rager slash Justin Jefferson bowl. The other one's the Bengals. I, I think the Bengals could win – big this week against the Cowboys. I mean, it's Trayvon Diggs, and I, listen, I love him. He went to Alabama, but him guarding Jamar Chase is a burrow advantage. That's a nightmare for the Cowboys. The Cowboys the only team in the NFL through week one to not score a touchdown or to not throw a touchdown or something like that, or maybe not score a touchdown. I forget what the stat is. They look terrible on offense. No Dak Prescott. That could get ugly. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that one. I actually did play a teaser, though, that I had with 6.3 team teaser where I had the Jags. I also did put the Bengals in that teaser. And my other leg was the 49ers. So I did actually get involved on that one. I will say this for primetime, I just religiously fade the public or else I probably yeah. would have had the Eagles in there as my bets. But right now, Minnesota's getting 68% of the tickets. We'll see what it's actually at on Monday. But I think I'm probably – I mean, if there's not a huge, like, public side in that game, I'm probably going to play the Eagles. I do like the Eagles at home, and I do think that Jalen Hurts is the truth, as you all have heard me. I mean, you all heard all the podcasts. I'm the, I'm the Eagles guy. Um, look, Ben, both I think – the number one seed. Yeah, exactly. Um, another pick that I'll go ahead and say on here is I'm going to be taking the Panthers just for a unit. The Panthers fall into both those trends I all, I listed out for Arizona, just not the double-digit loss one. That was the only one they didn't fall into, but they fell in the other two 60-plus percent ones. Um, I think the Giants also, too, you know, them winning that game last week, I mean, with all the press they've been getting and how they've been acting and stuff, I feel like the Giants are acting like they won the Super Bowl. You know, that was kind of like, that was kind of like their, like, you know, I, I was like their coming out party. You know, it's like cool. Now they got their win. Now it's time to come back down to earth, and the Panthers will remind them of that. Um, Ben, any other games you want to talk about before we hop off here? That's all in terms of ones that like I'm betting on. So, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm uh, good. Yeah, I don't really have too much more. I mean, I'm going to play a couple other college football games. None of them are really interesting enough in me to take some time to talk about on here. Is they're mostly. Uh, ugly to gin games as I like to call them. But um, <laughs> anyway, though, guys, once again, we appreciate everyone who tuned in on today's pod. Ben, it's a pleasure as always, man. Yes, sir. Let's get this money, guys. Y'all know me and Ben got to bounce back. We appreciate everyone who tuned in. We'll talk to y'all again soon.